got to go quickly. It's a draw. It's a draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, oh you're wow. kidding me. And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Inner Circle. It's Sharon McMahon here with you alongside the Anchor Chatfield. B, uh, it's been quite a while since we've put a recording down. What have you been doing? <laughs> Oh, it has been. And sorry to everyone out there in the social media world who's been asking where the inner circle has been. Uh, It's just got a bit hard, hasn't it, Shaz? I mean, we're obviously in Victoria and uh, it's, it's not easy and it has been a bit tricky chasing down the guests that we've wanted. But the guest that we have today is one that we have been after for a couple of weeks and it's exciting that we Get to talk to the brand new Australian Diamonds coach, Stacey Marinkovic. I can't wait to hear from her. Yeah, I can't wait to hear from her. We'll we'll chat all sorts of things about uh, how the the process was for her, how she's feeling in the position now. And um, I want to really delve into how she's going with the Fever team because that has been a really quite a big turnaround, to be quite honest, from the start of the season. And the form that they've got now is kind of a bit scary. It sure is. And, I, you know, I want to say, of course, I want the Vixens to win it. I love what the Vixens are doing at the moment, but I'm really fangirling the fever at the same time because <laughs> they, the, 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 I guess the player that stands out to me and the one that, you know, I got to play with and I know she's been through some tough times and that's Alice Teague Neild. And I am loving seeing her at goal attack stepping up, playing a role with a big smile on her face. She's really enjoying the game. And I was messaging her and she was saying how much she's enjoying being up in the hub. And you can just tell that the way she plays. So I'm really loving what Fever are doing and I'm loving what ATN is doing uh, out on goal attack. It's really good to see her (laughs) enjoying her netball again. Yeah, it is. And obviously we've had, um, you know, a lot to do with Alice, particularly in her early years when she was with the Vixens. So, I I mean, I've seen her absolutely tear a game apart um, when she was younger. And so it is really nice to see her finding that same form again. And, gee, there there are teams here that could have a massive impact on the makeup of the top four. Obviously, uh, probably that that fourth position in particular is the one that's going to be uh, really jostled for. And, you know, those teams that are towards the bottom of the ladder can absolutely take those top teams too. We've seen that with the Firebirds. Uh, we've seen that obviously with the Thunderbirds a lot through the season. Um, you know, there's no easy games for, for teams this year. It is such great standards. Yeah, it is. There's no easy games. I am loving even seeing what the Firebirds are putting together too. It has taken them a little while to really find their form. And then you see Tipa Dwan in a goal attack and she has been dominating now that she's getting more comfortable at that level. I think they've probably left their run a little bit too late. And you know me, Shaz, I don't really do my stats that accurately and that I have no idea who can still make the top four. I probably need to concentrate on that a little bit more. Um, But I'm loving what the Firebirds are doing. I'm a bit concerned, though, about um, the New South Wales Swifts. I know they know how to win, and same with the Lightning, but they just seem to be really lacking um, that intensity for four quarters in the last few weeks. And I, you never want to ride them off because they can turn it on at any time. Um, but I don't know whether it's hub life and how it's going to affect different players and make it a lot harder in different situations for certain players. 
Um, but to me, I just feel like they just are lacking that energy that they had um, at the start of the season and that they had last year. And I mean, you've been talking to all the Vixens girls as the assistant coach. How are they enjoying hub life? Is it a tough thing for the players or are they all kind of going through their own experiences? Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit individual, but I think largely they're really enjoying it. I think, um, you know, and that's the attitude uh, that they're taking, um, particularly those athletes probably that are from Victoria and know what the situation would be if they're back at home. They wouldn't wouldn't be leaving <laughs> the like, house. Why would you so come I, home? <laughs> that's right. So I think being up in Queensland is quite a nice alternative to that. Um, but, yeah, I think largely the athletes are doing really well. But, I mean, I think it will be interesting as we get closer towards finals. Um, and, you know, the stress levels around that um, can obviously pick up when um, those games start to come around. We have moved, of course, to no weekday games. So we're just on the weekend. I think there's an outlier on that. But um, basically, from now on in, it'll just be on the weekend. And that'll be interesting to see how everyone copes with that because for the rest of the season in that hub situation, there hasn't been a lot of downtime. You've, you've been basically recovering from the previous game, looking forward to the next one and then getting on and playing. And now there'll be that little bit of a lull it will be interesting to see if that affects some of the rhythm or the momentum of some of the teams. Definitely. And here's a question without notice and feel free to shut me down if you want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was, I love seeing on Twitter just the stats that are being put out or the, um, I guess, graphics around the rolling subs and how much play, uh, teams are using the rolling subs. And um, I think Alice Sweeting put it out uh, this week where the Vixens, it's clear, especially in the midcourt, the rolling subs are hardly used in comparison to other teams. And I want to know, is that a conscious choice to have a bit more of a set starting seven and only change when you need to? Um, has that been a conscious choice or is that just what's been happening incidentally at the moment? Look, I think everyone or each team and coach would approach that differently. And you can see with some of the teams, they have times where they roll players out and roll them in. Sometimes that's to do with the super shot and sometimes that's to do with just the, the time in the quarter. Um, I think the approach that Simone has taken um, more is that she's got the team that she wants to start the game with and then largely it is just reading the game as to what is needed um, and that's when those changes are being made. And so, yeah, I mean, there still has been um, quite a few changes, particularly up either end for the, for the victims. Yeah. Some of those have been forced. Um, but some, uh, you know, just because of those different combinations that Simone wants to put out there. So is it an... I, I don't know exactly how to answer that because it's intentional in that there's no deliberate pre-planned moves, I don't think, that, okay. get, that get put out there. So in that way, I think that, yeah, I think the intention is just to read the game and, and play it from there. Okay. Well, one more Vixen's question before I let you off the hook. Um we know Emily Mannix has been out. We know Tegan Phillip was out the last game. And Lizzie Watson went down with an ankle injury. Can you give us an update on all three of those players? Because they're pretty crucial, I think, to the Vixens' lineup. Yeah, they're all really crucial. And, and kind of backtracking a little bit, you know, Emily having Emily Mannix out of aside is massive because she's particularly mm. the first game she was out was against Fever um, 
And obviously, when you're coming up against uh, a prolific goal scorer like Janelle Fowler, you want all your best players available. <laughs> so, you know, I think um, for them to be able to cope with that and pull themselves back into the game in the way they did against a fever was was really impressive. And uh, I'm going on a tangent here, B, but a lot of the teams have been doing that. We saw Amy Parmenta off the court for the Giants, and they had a really solid win over the Thunderbirds um, in the last round. Uh, we've seen the fever, as I mentioned before. Unfortunately, we know that Ingrid Collier has gone down with that um, season-ending knee injury. Um, and they have been able to cover that position as well. So I'm finding that quite intriguing, how the, how all the teams are coping with those different moves that are happening. Now, on, a, on an update level, we've got a couple of days yet, B. So I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure that M Manix looks pretty good. I actually think that all of them look... Uh, look pretty good, but I, I I do know that they're just watching Lizzie and how how her ankle is pulling up from that injury. Given that uh, you know there's a few rounds left now, and uh, she's been carrying a fair bit of load too. Oh, hasn't she? But also, I must say, like you said, M Manix so important to the team. But Katie Anderhaney stepped up. She was great in that role. But also, I just think I'm loving Joe Weston out on goal defence too. She's probably not getting the same amount of attention as she usually would because she's just doing a lot of the little things right and they go under the radar. But I think she's been an absolute workhorse out on goal defence. Same with Kate Eddy um, on wing defence. So I think it's uh, going along just quite nicely. And then not to mention your girl, Katie Thwaites, up the other end. Has there (laughs) been a better performer of this season than Caitlin Thwaites? And I 100% think it comes down to, yes, Sherelle, you're her, obviously you're her attacking coach. But I think not having the pressure of the diamonds is a big thing on a player. And I don't, I haven't spoken to Katie. I don't know how she's feeling about it. But I just know when you don't have that hanging over your head all the time, selections and all of that to worry about, it just helps you just step out there and just play a much more freer game. And I don't know, that's my take on, I think, why that she's really loving it out there at the moment. Yeah, look, and I know there's been a lot spoken about Caitlin and and how she's approached this season. It's been really impressive to watch that up close. Uh, Because we threw the challenge out to her and we've been working very hard on that. She's been working extremely hard on many levels uh, to get herself um, into the position where she played those four four quarters in the last round. So she's, uh, she's doing a great job there. And I think I know that I've heard her speak before about, um, you know, there's an element of, uh, you know, she's in goal attack and everyone's kind of going, oh, she's doing quite well. So that also alleviates some of that pressure perhaps too yes. that you might have when you're taking that role as the goal shooter kind of anchoring role. <laughs> so I think she's, yeah. you know, I'm just incredibly impressed with how she has embraced all that. So that's been really great. Hey, B, I just wanted to uh, talk to you because we do want to get to Stacey Marinkovic. Because you don't um, want to be grilled anymore. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from grilling me. Um, we've, uh, since we've spoken, we've actually uh, had the retirement of two netball greats, Maddie Brown and Natalie Medhurst, just very recently. Um, this is the, kind of the changing of the guard in, in some ways. We're almost, for me, we're almost getting to the end of the players that I used to play with. I think Nat Medhurst is the last of our 2007 World Championship uh, teammates that are, have just retired. So... Um, you know, we get kind of getting maybe to the end of that kind of era before uh, we we shift into the next one, for me anyway. But haven't they been amazing uh, to watch? Um, and, you know, I've played alongside both of those girls, which I feel very privileged to have done. 
Um, and I think both of them leave a great legacy in different ways. Oh, totally agree with you. I'm, I mean, it's I'm, everyone has to retire at some stage, as we know. And I feel for Maddie Brown, I've, you know, she has been um, coming back and it's hard, obviously, when you're coming back from an injury. And she, she had a quote about she just wants to have a great quality of life. And so she knows mm. that it's the right time. And um, that's the reality of how hard the sport is on your body. And we thought it was hard when we played. It's only even harder now for all the girls over the past few years that how physical it is, the amount of load they have going through their bodies. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible incredible and interjection, been out for so long. interjection <laughs> yeah. on that um it's also this season too and coming back from a knee injury uh you know acl reconstruction and we we've seen that obviously with kelsey as well that that truncated season perhaps has made it you know more challenging too Definitely, without a doubt. And it's so it would be so hard on them to be away not having the same even facilities that they can rehab in. Um, mm. but, but on both of those players, for me, attacking-wise, they, they really played their own version of the game. They didn't play how other wing attacks or goal attacks played. They played very differently. And I think that's why, especially for the Diamonds, they became very unstoppable at different stages throughout their careers. Nat Medhurst, I think she was pretty... Um, like she was unstoppable as a goal attack uh, with the Diamonds because New Zealand gave her so much space. You know, we see in this competition, she often got frustrated when defenders were right on her body and contesting really hard. And, you know, she'd often, I love playing on her because she would be lipping off at me at different times and we'd be having a great old time out there because we were great mates off the court. But I, but I, really, I never quite understood why New Zealand gave her so much space to play in. Um, that they would just let her hang. And I would have loved to have seen her play in Super Netball because I think the super shot, she hates it. I know she hates it, but it would have really suited her game. She would have absolutely loved dominating in that zone. Um, but not to be. And congratulations to both of those players because, uh, yeah, they're going to they're be very hard to replace. Um, and I look forward to seeing who steps up into their positions. Yeah, congratulations to both of them and what they have been able to achieve. And you're right with Nat Medhurst in that two-point shot. You know, my vision for playing <laughs> her is just that beautiful, you know, third-second timing, pop into the circle, front space, turn, that beautiful high release on the shot. I think she probably would have nailed those those two points. <laughs> so she would have been very, very valuable. And I'm disappointed that we didn't uh, get to see her. I know she w worked really hard to try and get listening to her um, Instagram post last night that she worked really hard to try and, um, you know, give herself a chance to get back. But unfortunately, that's just not how it turned out for her. But um, congratulations to both her and Maddie Brown and all the best for what's to come because I'm sure that they hopefully won't be lost um, to the game because they're, they're the sort of people that we can, want to continue having in the in the system. Um, B, the other team, that, oh, we've got a couple of really interesting games coming up. The Swiss and Fever, I know we don't want to go into too much detail necessarily about what's coming up because we'll be able to talk about that another time. But Swiss and Fever, a huge game for me coming up this weekend. Um, and what's shaping up to potentially be a really uh, final spore shaping game is the Lightning versus the Vixens in the final round. Now, I know that's a couple of weeks away, but I've cast my eye forward to that. I think that that's going to be one that's really interesting. And we have seen the Lightning 
come from uh, a situation where they've had to travel every week. They've um, had to win three weeks in a row to take out that premiership when they went over to take that out against um, the Fever a couple of years ago. And they... They, they're the sort of team that they're in third position at the moment and, you know, their form's been a bit up and down, but they're the sort of team that know how to turn it on when it counts. And given that they really didn't have any change, they didn't have any changes from last year to this year, I think they've got that experience and, I don't know, there's, there's something about the Lightning that we, we've skipped over them at the start of the show and I think people <laughs> are skipping over them, but I, I think we need to keep an eye on them. Well, that's exactly how they like to play it, isn't it? That they just go under the radar a little bit. And, but you're right. I, I really do think that they're a team that, you know, I don't think we've seen the best of them this year either. I think they've managed to, they, they've had very slow starts. They managed to chase down teams at the end. But I think, you know, we haven't quite seen them get it all right for a whole game. And that's the scary thing is how good they can actually be when that happens. Kara Conan, I've been absolutely loving. I want to ask Stacey if she's going to pick her in the diamonds, um, <laughs> but I'm sure she's not going to give me the answer. <laughs> but I've been absolutely loving what she's been doing. I can imagine that she's going to be around for a long time to come. Yeah, and they're enlightening are one of those teams that generally and I know Steph Woods had a couple of outlier games where she absolutely shot the lights out in the um in the super shot but generally speaking they just chip away at one goals no matter what the situation of the game is so it's a really interesting uh, look at how the different teams are are approaching that um some of them Similar are game just using you guys would you say uh, uh well Possibly, but I've got to say that, I mean, when the Vixens were down against the Fever, they used the two-point shot to get themselves back into the game. So I guess, um, you know, that uh, that situation is... Yeah, yeah. So, but it does, I don't know. It's and that'll be interesting to see as how it happens in the finals to see who's uh, got that calm nature and ability to execute when it really counts. So, I, I mean, yeah. that's that's going to be really exciting to see as it always is in finals, as to how they approach that. Uh, is there anything else we need to chat about, B, or should we just get straight <laughs> into chatting to Stacey? <laughs> I think bring her on the brand new Australian coach. Brand new Australian Diamonds Coast, Stacey Marinkovic, joining us just after the... Circle podcast. As we mentioned before the break, we are really excited to have our special guest with us this week. It is the new Australian Diamonds coach, it's Stacey Marinkovic. Stace, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Firstly, congratulations on uh, the Australian Diamonds role. We were all really excited for you uh, when we heard the news, and I guess I, I want to know what those first feelings were like for you when uh, when you heard the news. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, when you, you get the phone call to have a chat um, and after you do those sort of going through your referees and things like that, you're sort of going, it could be, is this going to be real? And you're just sort of anticipating the words, but then trying to, in, in your own head, go, no, no, it won't happen. It's okay, you've done a good job. You be happy with what you sort of put out there. It's, it's sort of that sort of little mind game. Um, and I was driving actually on my way to my uh, my parents' place because they're based in Queensland at the time and Matthew was in the back and he started to cry when Marnie was on the phone <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just couldn't get any good. So I, I just pulled over the car, 
Jumped out, got Matthew out of the car, so I'm standing on the pavement in Brisbane suburbia, being told I've got the national job. So I'm doing like this little dance, and um, yeah, it was, it was just, you know, it just was the pinnacle of of COVID. Just you know how things happen and how it had to be by phone and Zoom and and all that sort of stuff. Well, that sure is one great thing to come out of 2020 for you. Um, I would love to know, Stace, because I don't know. I, 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 we hear about a process, but I don't think anyone really has any idea how intense the whole ap- application for the job is. Can you give us an insight, the nitty gritty of exactly what you had to go f- through from the start of applying all the way to actually getting the job? Yeah, um, certainly it is a it's an in depth process, and it went for quite a few months. Um, and it just sort of, I guess, one shows how netball has evolved. And I certainly think, even in clubland, the way in which you have to apply for a job, it's just not here's my coaching qualifications, and this is my experience, <laughs> and away you go. Um, so it all started. You had to put in an expression of interest and answer some key questions. Um, and then there was the actual application that the, you then did. So there was a, a selection criteria that you had to answer to try and demonstrate, I guess, your skill sets and your passion and um, the way in which you think and, and things like that. And um, from that, then they had the interview and it was a, a, a pretty big panel of, of, of five people and um, from a variety of different backgrounds. You had the netball experience, the commercial, you had an international coach and another code, um, one that's been... Are you allowed through. to say who was on the panel? Um, I'm not quite sure, so we'll just keep... Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's, you know, there was, was such a, a, a variety because I guess coaching is what you do around the court, but there's also the player management side and then the business side and, and so many different other elements that you've got to be able to, to cope with, I guess. Um and then you had to yeah do a, a sort of a presentation and, and sort of get the, the questions fired at you and and then from there um, there was a whole lot of profiling testing and psych testing and um, I guess they're trying to understand you and your thinking as a as a person um, to, to understand how it is you function what are your strengths where would they need to provide support for you and and all those type of things. Um, and then from there, it was then another interview and uh, just going through um, a presentation, um, which, you know, just sort of give you a scenario that you work through and then further questioning, which was more based on you as a person and, and um, you know, just what, what results and your strengths and how you function and things like that. So it sort of, yeah, it was um, very detailed Um and I'm exhausted hearing all of that. Yeah, and you put that in the middle of starting a season, it was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, full on, Stace. And thanks for sharing all that because, as as V said, I think, you know, we sit back here and think, oh, yeah, it'd be a fairly big process, but it's to hear actually the detail of it is is really great to get that insight. Was there Was there anything as you went through that that kind of stood out for you you know, there's a lot of that personality and psych testing that you do on that individual level. I always found that as an athlete really interesting to do, really, you know, to get that insight as to how I operated at my best and perhaps when I wasn't at my best and to have that knowledge. What Was there anything for you that kind of stood out that you went, oh, okay, that's something that I can connect with um, that, that was a shock to you or were you kind of aware of all those things? 
Um, probably a, a fairly aware because I've done quite a few of them before, and particularly doing some leadership um, and, and coaching courses through the AIS. They sort of go through that, and I guess it's never—it's not really to show a strength or a weakness. It's just to show that under pressure, where do you go, and whether you need to be aware of it to be able to switch yourself into a different mode or um, know that you know this is a, a challenging way when you've got. Um, people in, in that do things a little bit different. So how do you relate to those people? Because it might not be my natural style, but it doesn't mean mm. that I can't shift to something else. So it, it just makes you more aware of um, there is the way in which you do it, but there's also ways in which you have to adapt and grow your personality and, um, you know, your way of thinking so that you can actually um, work with a variety of different athletes and get the best out of them. Yeah. And so now that you are the Australian coach and what happens now? So we, we'll talk about fever soon, but what happens now from your role uh, when you do you talk to the girls? Have you been having Zoom chats with all of the potential squad members? Like what's actually the process from here and what do you expect to be able to do in this crazy 2020? If anything, um, what's the plans? Yeah, I guess um, I haven't spoken to individuals uh, per se. I guess um, what was really refreshing is um, when the announcement came, I, I think I pretty much heard for nearly every member of the squad, which just showed a, a level of professionalism and, and, you know, they were really welcoming and, and really excited about where we could take the group. So that was probably their reach out to me first and foremost. Um, and then and smart move by then, players, I think. <laughs> pardon? I said smart move by players too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but then we, um, we we sort of had met with met with some representatives of the squad, which then go back into the clubs just to to tell them the process around selection. And um, you know, obviously, that's probably the first thing that we we started to do is meet with the selectors because we we want to name a squad um, for this season and um, you know work through what opportunities there are. Um, before the season's out and, and then be prepared for the international um, calendar for next year. And when you say select, selectors, uh, do you use the same selectors that have been used in the past or have you got some new selectors in the mix? Yeah, actually, um, we've still got the, the same selectors and a, a lot of the staff are still um, on contract and I guess that's something that we'll work through. But, you know, we've had some really good um, robust discussions and I think you know the expertise that have come from the selectors they've been watching since round one in great detail so um, whilst there wasn't a coach in place they've really um, you know made sure that they've been really thorough with their observations and you know we'll continue to work through that at this point. Stace, as we all do, we're all fans of netball here and everyone listening uh, to this podcast um, and we've watched Unfortunately, the Australian Diamonds just miss out on the, the Commonwealth Games gold medal and then the World Cup medal just by one goal in both of those games. What do, what do you think and what are you bringing as the key need for that program to, to make sure that we take that next step the next time we come into those major tournaments? Yeah, I guess for me, I just bring a, a real intensity, but it's um, the ability to get the connection under that intense pressure. And I think if you can provide real clear role clarity around the game plan, um, the expectations of how we need to train um, so that when we go out there, nothing's unknown and that we can face 
um, you know, those pressures and those situations because at the end of the day, there has been one goal losses. So there's a lot to, to like and, you know, the, the legacy that all the Australian coaches have laid before me have, you know, can, made sure that we have been hugely successful. So it's it's about continuing to, to grow what has been there, um, but also to bring my skill set around connection and cohesion and, um, you know, to get that challenge point, I guess, for really experienced and skillful players. Yeah, and you say, uh, and world number one, we are still world number one, although we've relinquished <laughs> some of those major titles. B, we are still world number one, so let's never forget that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stace, I want to um, understand a little bit more because uh, obviously you're staying on as the fever coach until 2021 and we've just never seen that in recent times anyway that the Diamonds coach has coached also in the domestic competition. Was that something that you were really passionate about doing or was that something that Netball Australia were really wanting to happen as well? I think it was something that going through the process I certainly raised the question and it wasn't that I would only do it if it was this way. Um, I think we both wanted to put it on the table to see what it actually looked like and to work through um, how it could enhance the program and obviously there is, you know, complications that come with it. So I think the the thing for me, it continues to enable me to be in that intense pressured situation week in, week out for a bit longer. I think, um, you know, you can always gain so much, particularly when we've got international athletes, um, you know, being the world's best competition. So you, you want to see and feel and um, make sure you're in tune with what's happening with the, with the game. Um, and I guess the thing that I've found that's working really well at the moment is the insight into Clubland and how to connect the two programs because the reality is the clubs have the players for majority of the year and, um, yeah. you know, our, our connection with medical staff, the way in which we um, grow a, a player's skill set as well as being able for them to play their club game plans and then come into a Diamonds one, I, I think we can still... Um, get that connection a lot better and, and make it a 12-month plan where there's accountabilities to, to both parties. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's really important. It's uh, it's always crucial, that connection between Clubland and uh, the national program, that's for sure. Stace, um, what I was thinking about as you are talking then and how much you've got on your plate at the moment is we, we spoke about the selectors having a really close eye on the teams. Given the situation of this season and how busy you have no doubt been up in the hub, um, have <laughs> you been able to, to watch many of the other teams and how difficult is that for you to obviously have your fever hat on at the moment and as you're really pushing towards the final series but also having that eye on what's happening uh, from an Australian perspective? Yeah, I guess for me, within Fever, you, you watch your game in assessment, then you're also watching the game um, of who the team you're coming up to get. So I was already covering four, four teams really closely anyway. So, um, you know, it's just expanding that a little bit more, um, obviously, to make sure that you see every game and every round and, um, put a different lens over it as to, um, you know, how does that um, come into a Diamonds program? How do we see that that would connect with other people from other teams? And um, it hasn't... I, I'm probably a, a real studier of the game. I, I like the numbers. Um, I like to 
be quite analytical analytical around it and things like that. So um, it probably hasn't shifted too much in in my week. It's just um, yeah, just finding the quiet space, and it's probably just switching the mindset of of making sure that you're looking at it from a a diamond's perspective, not just a, a counteracting or, or yeah. challenge an opposition. Yep. Last diamonds question from me before we move on to fever, because I think there's so many great things we can talk about <laughs> the West Coast fever at the moment. You guys are tracking along very nicely. Um, just in terms of support, do you or has Lisa Alexander reached out to you? Do you reach out to her just to get a bit of a do a bit of a handover? Does that happen? Um, not a not a direct handover, but certainly um, Lisa um, contacted and we had a chat, and and she was very supportive of um, me in, in taking on the role. And I guess the the nice thing is I've also heard from Norma Plummer and Joyce Brown, and you know the the greats of the game. So I think there's um, you know a, a real ownership once you've stepped into the coaching role of Australia, and everyone's so passionate to make sure that there is the continued success um i guess they everyone's got their their insights i've had past presidents and ceos just you know um reaching out to say you know it is challenging but um you know these are these are the things that you you embrace and um yeah i i guess it's it really showed to me how much the diamonds is is such a, a connected um program and once you've been in it um you really um you know attached to, to where the, the program will continue to go. Oh, absolutely. And that's where the whole sister, sisters in arms and when that was created about the support staff, the coaching staff, the players, like it's such an incredible thing to be a part of. And I love the fact that all of, you know, the past great coaches have reached out and, you know, have given you their support because, you know, it's a pretty special thing and you now have your piece of history now that it's up to you to go and do with whatever you want to do with it. Um, but it's very exciting. And let's talk about the West Coast Fever um, because you are tracking along really nicely. There's been some key players, I think, that have really um, stood up. And one that I wanted to ask you about was Alice Teague-Neild, who Sherelle and I obviously know really well. I got to play with her when she was a, a young kid. And we know she's been going through some ups and downs. And it's just so great to see her out there loving life, smiling, contributing and just the player that we know she can be. How how has that come about? And what have you put behind her in terms of support that's really helped her grow this season? Yeah, I guess, you know, when we brought her to the club, we were completely aware as she has played with Vixens and I guess the way in which she played um, before she, she changed clubs. And, um, you know, she's an incredible talent. She knows how to move and read the game really well. And, and obviously there was the area around her shot that had... Um, you know, had had its 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 challenges, and you know, for for Alice, she's an, she's incredibly tough, mentally tough. I've never seen a player um, cope um, with you know the, the 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 challenges she was actually facing. Um, she always wanted the direct feedback. She wanted to be held accountable. But I guess for us, it was breaking it back down and getting the enjoyment of the sport back for her. And, um, you know, just recently this season, we brought in um, a shooting coach and it, and it was with um, one of our junior state coaches um, with Lynn Pemberton. And I guess Lynn's personality really connected with Alice. And I think that's 
part of the craft of coaching is, one, you've got to have a skill set, but you've got to be able to transfer that information to the athlete. And um, they've got a, a really special bond. And, um, you know, Alice is just in a really relaxed place. She's really happy. She's got balance with doing her physio studies. Um, yeah, so she's just really settled. And I think that's the part is... One, how did, how did she get the love of the sport back? Um, and then then it was the skill sets were always there. It was just unleashing them and getting her to relax around it again. Yeah, and you can see that certainly with Alice. But I, I think you can, that can be said for the rest of the team as well, Stacey. I, I kind of feel like, you know, there was some up and down uh, games at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think you had six losses to round six. But since... Uh, has it been since you were announced as the Australian Diamonds coach? I feel like the team <laughs> has kind of galvanised. Maybe all the teams need their coaches announces that. I'm not sure. But um, what, what is it? What has changed? Because obviously it's not that. But what, what has shifted for you, do you think, that um, has brought out the form that we've seen more recently for the girls? Yeah, I think for, for the beginning we had um, a little bit of an injury battle where Courtney wasn't... Um, able to be on the court for a few games um, so that certainly challenged us defensively because of the, the role that she plays in, in particularly her leadership in the back end and um, you know for us we, we've been showing really good glimpses but this competition is so cutthroat that I think if you drop five minutes um, you can really put yourself in a lot of bother and then you're you end up chasing and, um, you know, we, we only lost to Swift by one at the very beginning and I guess yes. that's, um, you know, they're the, they're the differences and you need to be able to ride the emotion of the game and um, and be able to adapt to the different styles and I just think that the girls are seeing things out on court quicker and are able to connect with each other to get that um, adaption and, uh, you know, when you're playing four quarters of netball instead of, you know, the two and a half, three, you're certainly um, putting yourself in a, a greater spot. Um, and I, I think, yeah. you know, everyone was trying to figure out how the two-point shot was going to work. And, um, you know, just, just all those type of things, we just needed to find some rhythm and balance. And I think we've we've really started to find that. And Stace, obviously, the entire competition is up in the hub in Queensland. I'm just interested in how you're going, how the girls are going. Are they enjoying it? Um, do they like being in Queensland? And also, are you grateful now that we're going to be shifting away from the midweek games so that you'll have a little bit more time to kind of reca recover and, and prepare? Yeah, the, the midweek games are really interesting. It definitely is taxing, um, I guess on the bodies of the athletes, but also mentally, you know, just getting yourself prepared for the next game. But um, I've also had athletes say, you don't actually have time to overthink things. So you just got to get off with yeah. that game and move to the next one. So um, it'll be interesting to see how we adapt, but I certainly, I personally will be enjoying the going back to one, one game a week. I think it just gives us time to really, um, you know, have a look at what we've been doing and, and see if we can grow just a little bit more just with, you know, that time at training where you can just talk things through rather than, um, you know, really restricted in, in that area. Um, hub life is, is actually quite good um, considering we've been away from home for, for so long. Don't get me wrong, but we would have loved the opportunity to go back and play games in Perth. Um, but, you know, we knew when we came away, we had to find the balance of when it was netball time and when it was downtime. And uh, the girls have really 
tried to replicate their lives at home. So those that are studying are still doing all their online lectures. Um, there's a couple of them that are still working um, from from Perth through through you know Zoom calls and and all that type of thing. So we've tried to make it. That just because you live next door to someone doesn't mean you go and start talking netball at six o'clock at night. It's it really is business <laughs> hours and. Um, you, you just have that downtime, and and even the girls socially are, are very aware that when when they have dinner together, they try and not talk about the game. They actually try and just talk about life in general. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stace. It was unfortunate to see Ingrid Collier go down. Um, yeah. Shattering to see another knee. Um, but I thought, you know. Her and Verity Charles and your midcourt was was really just humming along nicely. Can you give us an update on how Ingrid is? Like, how is she feeling? Um, and also, does she stay with the team now, or does she head back to Perth? No, she's she's already back in Perth. Um, so she left on the Sunday. Well, yeah, I think the Sunday after. No, the Friday. The Friday after she did it. <laughs> the um, days are all blurring into one yeah, for everyone. Exactly. Don't worry, Stacey. <laughs> um, yeah, so she she went home, and I think. You know, the thing for Perth is when we go back home, we have to go into two weeks um, home isolation. So um, for her to get back, um, to be able to get that sort of started, um, she is able to go and have a, a medical appointment. So she's seen surgeons and things like that and is pretty much booked in for as soon as she comes out of that 14 days, um, she'll go and go and get the, the ACL repaired. So um, I think it's it was a bit... Um, surreal for her I guess she's never really had an injury so the whole experience was um, like as you guys um, have experienced your your first major injury um, is a bit of a shock to the system so you Mm -hmm. know she's never really done her ankle or torn ligaments or or anything so when you hear bone crunching and things popping and the pain um, it certainly was was an experience that um, she's She's never endured. So, um, yeah, once once she sort of settled down and um, the medical staff could explain what's happened, what's next, um, and, and, you know, she got to go home and, you know, she's got her fiancé there. She's got her, her two little sausage dogs that she loves to death. So, it's uh, um, yeah, she's, she's in good company, but, you know, she's a true team player. Like, her, her work ethic amongst the group is... Um, something really hard to replace. Yeah, it's um, you could see it all over her face how disappointed she was, and we were all crossing our fingers and hoping uh, that it wasn't what it looked like. But unfortunately, it was. But I guess um, for you guys, and what we've seen across the, the entire competition is, you know, a, a lot of our young athletes getting more opportunities, and we've seen Emma Kosh step into that wing attack role for you, and really doing a super job. It's it's you know probably changed things up a little bit for you, but. Um, she, she's doing a solid job, and, and we're seeing that right across the competition, aren't we? That uh, the rolling subs and you know need for load management or, or managing injuries has seen some some really great talent pop up. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's fantastic. The young ones are grabbing those opportunities and going, you know what? If you give me a chance, I can really show you what I can do. And um, you know that's what the condensed season has really enabled. Is you know players are needing a rest. So you do need to rotate and um, they're fresh, they're exciting. It's, um, you know, a lot of teams haven't seen these players before. So they've got that um, element of surprise to be able to go out there and, and challenge in a different way. Um, and it, it goes to show that 
Um, whilst we have a lot of internationals in the competition, there's some strong development happening in club land to bring these players through. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much, Stace. We're going to let you go because I do know that uh, yeah, I'm sure you've got lots of other things uh, <laughs> on your plate and things that you need to get into to doing with the team up in Hubland. Um, it has been absolutely fantastic to chat to you. Uh, the Diamonds program is certainly in fantastic hands uh, and we wish you all the very, very best for, for what's to come. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks very much. Oh, there you have it. That was the new Australian Diamonds coach, Stacey Marinkovic. B, um, she's a very impressive woman, isn't she? And it was so great to hear some of her insights. Oh, wasn't it? And I, you know, there's just so much about it all. There was so much commentary. There were so many people's opinions flying around. But none of us really knew the detail of what the coaches had to go through who applied for the job. So I found that really fascinating. Um, I'm glad it was a really thorough process. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what she does with the team because it's a new era. Uh, and Diamonds, like you said, world number one. But let's get back to winning those major tournaments and having those gold medals. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even just interesting getting her insight as to how, you know, she's having to switch her mindset between fever and reviewing their games and looking forward to their opposition and how to beat their opposition, but also needing to look at it from a more broad perspective and, and a selection perspective from the Diamonds. So uh, no doubt that'll be a bit challenging, but she sounds like she's got it all under control. That's right. She said, you know, she loves analysing the game and she loves analysing <laughs> stats. And so that's probably exactly what we need in that position. Not someone like me who brushes over some of the little stats. Uh, I think it's, it's great that she, you know, loves being consumed by the sport. Um, I think it's so important. So, yes, let's see what happens from here. But great to do another potty again, Sherelle. I've missed this. Yes, me too. And let's make sure we'll do one next week, everyone. So we'll lock that in for next week and we'll uh, decide maybe as the games proceed as to who our next guest will be. They're going to be hard to live up to Stacey, are they? No, I won't say that for our next exactly. guest. <laughs> what about how all the players had texted her and said congratulations? I'm like, no surprises. Of course they're going to do that. <laughs> well done, If you want girls, to be in the team, all... come on. <laughs> For doing the right thing. Congratulations <laughs> to all those girls who are connecting with the new Diamonds coach. Hey, B, thanks again. Um, great to chat and uh, let's do it again soon.